Summer camp. Just out. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Publisher Lab. And with me is not Tyler Bishop this week. I say this week, goodness me, it's been a bit more than a week. But we've also got uh, Jennifer Cannon uh, from our London uh, operation. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, John. Um, thanks for inviting me onto the show. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for being here. So uh, your job is to ask the questions. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're, gonna, um, we're, we're both really from the ad side of the fence, aren't we? So you um, maybe tell the guys a little bit more about yourself. Sure. So um, previous uh, to Ezoic Days, um, I was at a mobile DSP. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, worked at Yahoo. I actually came um, into Yahoo as part of the Flurry acquisition. Right. So um, uh, mobile apps and analytics um, has been my you know history prior to that. So you're at specialist okay i should be ringing that up <laughs> you're on the spot now <laughs> fine so we, we're we're gonna d- uh, dig in we've got had a few questions from the listeners um and we have got some more events coming up uh in january and february next year but we thought even though tyler and i are separated by these five thousand miles let's keep the podcast going and let's um i think tyler's done a couple on his own which he said is actually quite tough, so that's why I've reeled you in. I'm afraid. Um, I much I I'm, I much prefer like waffling on with somebody else to talk to. <laughs> so let's um, let's kick things off. What is the first question from the listeners? Sure. So the listeners were interested to understand a little bit more about the importance of um, session um, yeah. revenue versus CPM. Okay. So session revenue is definitely one of those things that comes up again and again and again. We've had a, we've definitely had a, uh, a resurgence of interest, particularly in the press this uh, last couple of months, and that is because it's plain, it's basically painfully obvious that everybody needs to. Sorry about the background noise, guys. We are in a, um, <laughs> we're in Balderton's uh, cafe. <laughs> this is a venture capital company that uh, backs Ezoic, and uh, that. Sorry about the background noise. We might have to cut that out. Anyway, uh, talking about session revenue, it's it's coming up a lot. And in the press, uh, particularly at the moment, people are waking up to the fact that CPM doesn't really help. So let's go through a little training session. If anybody is still f- fuzzy as to why CPM has basically uh, no effect, if it doesn't have no effect, but it has a smaller effect than session revenue. If you're altering one of those two things, you definitely want to be improving session revenue and not focusing on CPM. So uh, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, I'm, I'm actually doing this on video as well. So uh, I'm drawing a, a, a long, thin uh, rectangle uh, to represent a, a mobile. Let's call this the mobile viewport. And um, let's say we've got uh, three ads on this page. And let's say they're being provided by three different providers. Uh, or, or let's say that um, we've got three different providers all bidding on them. So let's say we've got OpenX, we've got AppNexus, we've got AdX, we've got different exchanges that are bidding and we're putting that together in our header bidder and we're trying to achieve the best price for each of those ads. Now, if we remove one of those ads, what is going to happen to the price? It's a slightly rhetorical question here, Jen, (laughs) but um, what is going to happen to the price of the other two? Well, general question then. Um, I assume that the price will increase. Well, that's right. It might. Okay. It might increase. Um, The thing is, when you're trying to price an ad on a page, all ad, thing to remember here is all ads dilute each other. 
okay? All ads dilute each other. So if there were 15 ads on this page, they would be worth, they would be diluted by the price of the other. And this is the thing to remember is that um, quite often people will just say, oh, okay, I'm going to add another ad and then I'm going to make more money. And then they do. But then advertisers over time, they learn, oh, hold on, that's not working quite as well as it did before. The click-through rate has gone down. So actually the number of visits I get has gone down slightly. So I'm not going to bid as much as that anymore. So then the, the, the CPM comes down. But actually the way we look at this is, we're not just looking at these two pages on the first page of user session. This is a landing page, by the way. We're also looking at the subsequent pages that may be an opportunity to make money. So we've got other pages that are also being monetized and all of those added up together is what we're calling session revenue. The price of each of those also affects the price of the first ads in the user session. And those of us who have been in the industry a long time know that the first ads of a user session are worth more. And as you go through the user session, they become worth less and less. It's an exponential, exponential curve. Okay, so it's, it's really important to price these ads um, correctly, but it's also important to know that if your bounce rate goes up from the first page and fewer people go to the second and third pages, you're going to make less money overall as a business, not just on a per page basis. So um, whilst I understand that people love to talk about RPM, they love to talk about CPMs, it's because they've been trained by ad networks or by the industry, the whole industry over many years, that this is an important factor. I, I, uh, almost every email, and I get about 10 to 15 a week from ad networks emailing us about our owned and operated sites that I'm the registered owner for, um, will increase your CPMs. Oh, we've got campaigns for you. Nobody's looking at session revenue. And you can't really blame the ad industry. It's just the way that it's been, uh, the way that it, things have evolved. But this is why you've got to look at session revenue. Add up all of your income sources, divide it by the number of sessions, and we call it EPMV, earnings per thousand visits, and uh, the app space, what's that called? Um, RPU. So um, back when I was working in applications, we were um, talking about revenue per user. Average revenue per user. Exactly. RPU. Okay, good. So that hopefully that explains it in a reasonable way. You, all you've got to do is remember when you're talking about ad targeting, which a lot of people get confused with, ad targeting is trying to find the right ad to the right user at the right time. So let's say, Jen, you've been to Amazon earlier today and you put a $2,500 bike in your uh, basket and you didn't complete. Chances are Amazon or the retailer who are working within the Amazon marketplace are going to be buying retargeting ads showing you a nice big thing of your of this bike I haven't really drawn it very well there but it's showing you that hey you've got to go back and complete this purchase that's retargeting none of none of what i'm talking about is to do with how the ads are targeted whether it's contextual based on what's on the page whether it's a retargeting ad doesn't matter what we're talking about is money per ad but making sure that you understand how those ads affect user experience like bounce rate and page views per visit, but making sure that you understand that, that if you focus on improving engagement, you will make money, more money from ads. And sometimes that means showing fewer ads within a session, not more. 
that makes sense. So just encourage the user um, to go on to the next page, experience more time on site um, without being disrupted by, you know, uh, aggressively intrusive ads on the page. Gotcha. So um, to move on to the second questions from our users, I'm very keen to understand a little bit more about multivariate testing. So why is multivariate testing important and why can't they just do A-B testing by themselves? I'm going to move the page over. <laughs> Need a new one for this. Um, well, the way I look at A-B testing is that people who are attempting to use an A versus B to improve ad location are quite often trying to improve, uh, improve an average. And what this does is it goes back to, um, you know, 100 years ago, you would pr uh, print a newspaper, the newspaper would look the same for every user. What people are trying to do is they say, oh, well, if I move the ad here, then if I do that for everyone, I can improve my average, which is how people have improved the monetization of their site over time. It's just been trial and error. But there is a better way of doing it. Um, not say that A-B testing doesn't work. I mean, there's a whole industry out there. So there are A-B testing tools that you can use, A versus B. And let's say, um, you know, this, let's say this is desktop this time. And there's an ad on the, in the corner. And what we're going to do is we're going to make this a 300 by 600 on the right hand side in the sidebar and this one is a let's say a 300 by 250 okay normal mpu size and then we've got a and we go b and what people will say is oh, i'm going to i'm going to split my traffic and i'm going to show um 10,000 people version a 10,000 people version b and see how much more money i can make or they'll look at it and say oh let's see the viewability of this ad because then i'm going to make more money because i can get more viewability deals the thing that they're missing here is what is the viewport? There are just so many variables in play. So let's just see if we can list some of them. Okay, so we've got the browser. Okay, uh, we've got the connection speed. Let's call this a tablet. Okay, this is tablet now. We've got the connection speed. Um, we also have uh, the country. Um, we have the uh, time of day. We have the day of week. And we have the landing page, which is massive. Okay, a lot of these are important. Uh, we also have the upstream traffic source, which is massive, which is also, that says Google in this case. <clears throat> so what we've got here is lots and lots of variables. And what people are trying to do is say, well, if I, if I can do a test A versus B, I'll know that I should show everyone this. But what if one of these variables changes? What if I've got a one landing page with an average of 1.6 uh, page views per visit, and I've got another landing page with, uh, let's call it uh, 7.8 page views per visit. The landing pages are different. Should, does that then mean that this 300 by 600 is better for all users in all cases? And the answer is no. And so what, when we're talking about multivariate testing as it pertains to putting ads in content, the, there are so many things in play. Does A beat B when we're on a 3G connection? Good question. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if people do A versus B and they keep all of the other factors exactly the same, including the landing page being exactly the same, I would say yes. That is a straight A versus B. And yes, you could probably knock the edges off um, the outliers and you could probably make some advancements. But this isn't the same as e-commerce. So e-commerce is a bit easier. A versus B in e-commerce is that you're taking people 
through a funnel and you're trying to get them to the other end where they're going to get their credit card out and they're going to buy something. With, um, with what you have here, you have this um, with content uh, monetization. What you're trying to do is you're, you're trying to get people to engage with your content and go and get them to look at more pages. That's a different proposition to the binary yes or no sale. Yes, did they buy something or did they not? Did they leave it in the shopping cart? Did they come back in 30 days? Those are actually easier problems to solve, and which is why A-B testing works for e-commerce, but is incredibly difficult to do um, for content sites. To help illustrate this best, better to our listeners or elaborate for our audio um, yeah. listeners, um, maybe we could um, uh, contextualize this a little better and explain maybe a page that could be um, A versus a page that could be B in terms of landing pages. Oh, I see. So, um, yeah, let's say we're on a site that has um, word, word definitions. You know, what is the definition of, I don't know, soliloquy. I'm soliloquizing about it. Um, it's going to be a high bounce rate page. If Google hasn't already shown that the answer to that in Google Knowledge Graph within google.com. But let's assume that they've come to the page and that they've gone and looked at this, this particular page. They, they're going to come, they're going to get what they want, and they're going to leave. Now, no matter how many ads you remove from that page, if you remove them all, is that bounce rate going to go up or down? Well, it, if you got the information that you need, uh, neither. It would just read the same. It would probably stay the same. And that's really what we're talking about. If we're talking about intent, people come with a specific intent. And from the 25,000 other people who've been to this landing page and the average page views per visit is 1.6. We know on average, people go and look at one and a half, roughly one and a half pages from this page. Can we turn them into 7.5 page views per visit? Probably not. So that's a landing page within a site. And let's say this one is, um, I don't know, relationship advice. Relationship advice is not, it can't, is not a binary answer. <laughs> might if be. only. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. Let's, uh, let's, we can talk about that. Uh, but I mean, it, it shows you then that um, when you have a different intent from the visitor, and let's say that it's been pre-screened by Google and the landing page is for relationship advice, and we know that on average people go to 7.5 page views per visit from that landing page, do we have more or less opportunity to change their intent? We could probably tweak it, but yes, you could probably turn 7.5 into 1.6 pretty easily by spamming them all away or having a slow page or having, you know, just things difficult. Mm -hmm. But if you, you could probably turn that into, you could probably turn that maybe into a nine. You could probably turn the 1.6 into a two for this landing page. So I'm not talking about averages on the whole site. I'm talking about dealing with people and then according to their particular uh, needs um, or situation, I, I guess is a better way of putting it. If I'm on 3G and um, maybe an AdSense ad is going to be better than a real-time bidding ad that's got a latency um, factor. So um, that is a different monetization structure to this page here where you've got lots of page views per visit and you might have a little bit more time on the page if people are scrolling slowly on handset. That may take them a little bit more time and you can say, okay, we can, we can lazy load some of the stuff here in the background or we can, we can spend more time getting a better price from header bidding for this user because, hey, they've been to Amazon earlier today and they are a high value user and a lot of people are trying to bid on it. So um, when we're talking about um, A versus B, when we're talking about multivariate testing, you've got to remember 
landing pages and users. Users have different profiles, different landing pages have different profiles. Sounds great. So uh, we were talking a little bit about um, user intent there, and um, you're talking about measurements in terms of engagement. One of the questions from our listeners was how do you measure um, uh, user intent? Uh, you touched on pastries for visit, but um, engagement metrics, so bounce rate, time on site, does that come into play as well? Yeah, I mean, measuring intent, it, um, you can measure um, user experience by looking at things like whether they are sharing it, um, whether they're really engaged in the page, whether they're um, flipping from page to page. Um, so a navigation bounce, that's something that uh, we measure. And you can also look at things like um, if you remove all of the non-engagement signals, so if I'm spinning down a page, or if I'm bouncing from page to page, you can say I'm not engaged at that moment. But when you become engaged, um, you're showing intent to the content. And actually, if you can, incre you can improve, we found, um, since we sort of rolled out these metrics about well, a few months ago, we found that the, the value of the ads, and this is um, not surprising, but also a revelation to some people, is that the, the intent level changes page to page and user to user. But if you can, if you can um, harmonize the ad density to the intent, you can actually get more money for each ad as well as throughout the session. So it's like it's a compounding effect. Understanding intent is, um, is really important. And for those people who are listening, um, if you're looking in your own anal analytics, you can go to, uh, you know, behavior, content, landing pages. It, it's, spend time in there go and look at those pages look at the average um, uh, bounce rate and page views per visit for each of your landing pages and then go and look at your competitors and say which of these am i why are they getting why are they getting above the rankings than me what's what's better about that page than my page and that gives you a really good um, insight into your own sort of seo profile over time when you understand your users like that and a lot of bigger sites, they have tens of thousands of landing pages. So it's a tough job if you're trying to do it, uh, trying to do anything manually, but looking at your content, really important. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, now in the age of artificial intelligence and machine learning, like why not take advantage of the technology out there for them to do the heavy lifting, it to do the heavy lifting, yeah. rather than um, getting, you know, manpower um, I, to do that. I wish, we, I wish we had that for writing content. That would be great. <laughs> uh, it's, it is actually something that, um, that came up years ago, which is the idea of, um, you know, can you get computers to write content? You can get it to collate content. Mm -hmm. um, but then you have to be careful of whether you run into trouble with Google um, because really it needs to be 100% original, adding value. Um, so directories are, are okay, uh, but they have to add value. Um, so that's a, that's a good point. Um, okay, wh uh, what else have we got? So really the last question was um, why do we um, need to be concerned about the impact of ads um, on user experience? So kind of a direct question to what we've been discussing throughout this podcast. Uh, yeah, this is all very ad focused today, isn't it? I guess um, it's that time of year, isn't it? People are, are looking at their ad rates and they are probably being hit up by ad networks and stuff like that. Um, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll have a look at, um, just turning the page here, you listeners. We do have a video going, uh, if you want it. I've got this thing in my pocket. Um, so it was, a, I, I guess... 
the question really is about, you know, how do ads affect user experience? Um, and the thing to remember about that is really it's the only way you can tell any of the, these answers is to look at the user behavior in response to changes. So it's not something that you can say, uh, let's say we've got a, a, you know, this is a mobile page and, you know, here's your viewport at the top of the page, whether or not an ad is sort of poking out from, you know, below the fold, whether you have an ad at the top of the page, and this is all on, you know, the first page of a user session and there are other pages that you're going to be going to. Um, the effect of these ad locations depends on uh, a, a lot of things, right? How many ads are there? How big are those ads? And how long are they, you know, how long are they taking to load? How long is the whole page taking to load? Um, what was the upstream traffic source? And uh, what is the pricing of each of these ads? You see what I mean? It gets pretty um, complicated to try and understand the value that you're getting, but also to try and understand what are the differences. So uh, I think um, we talked about it before. What if you remove two of these ads? the value of the other two changes. And if you have different ad providers, they can't see the revenue from the other people who are advertising on the page. The other ad providers are in their own silo. They don't actually know that this ad is diluting that ad, right? Mm -hmm. So um, to try and answer your question, <laughs> waffling a little bit here, um, but to try and answer it, it, um, it really does depend. It depends on all of these factors, but if, if you again go back to stop thinking about averages, stop looking at your homepage, look at your landing pages, look at, look at how your uh, traffic source and landing page and revenue per landing page go, that is going to give you, so I've got to get pounds in there now, being in London, um, sorry, and euros, French guys, sorry. Um, it's really important if you're trying to understand um, user behavior and intent. Actually, revenue is a good proxy for a lot of things to do with engagement. Uh, uh, so you can begin to remove ads in certain scenarios to improve the length of the user session and to make more money. Um, you can reprice the ads when you've removed the other ones and providing you put all of your revenue and all of your user experience through uh, the same system to be able to understand how they're affecting each other, you can actually over time through testing, work out what is uh, optimal for those kinds of users. If um, let's say if the eyeballs are from, you know, from Google on a Sunday in the evening, you know, on uh, I don't know, a galaxy, I don't know what viewport that is. I always say six plus because that's what I've got. Um, but that, that's why this is all difficult to do by eye. That's why it's really difficult to just say, oh, I've done A-B te B testing and, you know, that works. But that, that is the fundamental misconception uh, is when you are not, and you're just trying to do everything on averages, you're only really going to get um, very small incremental results instead of like a big step forward. So this is all sound very ezoic-y, uh, but I guess people who listen to this podcast are, you know, interested. So there's the answer. <laughs> Hopefully that helps. No, that does indeed. So, I mean, that was a short list of questions from our listeners covered. Mm -hmm. um, uh, might be interesting for them to hear a little bit about trip to New York. I hear that you are in the uh, city of... 
uh, city that never sleeps. Yeah, oh, well, it's in the Big Apple. Uh, still a bit jet lagged. Uh, yeah, no, I was I, I was um, doing a lot of uh, meetings, mm -hmm. and um, I guess the the uh, the stuff I found interesting was meeting up with those publishers. I'm not going to be mentioning any names. I don't want to uh, spare their blushes. Um, but uh, companies that make um, ad revenue as a secondary source of income, mm -hmm. which is um, kind of going into exactly what we were just talking about, which is trying to, uh, when you have a machine learning system and it's trying to predict the outcome and to reduce the probability of being wrong, effectively trying to say, well, I'm going to sacrifice an ad earlier in the user session, but I'm going to make it up later on. That's a prediction. Or we've seen people like this before, let's show them this ad combination. The chances are it's going to be better than what was there before. Um, you can start to do that with other um, situations where you're making money from CPA. So it might be from flights or hotels. It could be from subscriptions like dating subscriptions. Um, and then uh, what we're working on at the moment, one of the things that we're looking at, um, which is why I guess I've been looking into AV testing a little bit more, um, is how can, um, how can ads be put into a user session in a way that uh, enables um, uh, the publisher to make more money, but not to sacrifice a basket value or not to have a conversion rate go down. So uh, I guess that that's my uh, new sort of uh, interest or focus at the moment is mm -hmm. that we have uh, the opportunity um, of using the Ezoic system to solve other problems, not just ads and user experience, but also ads, user experience, and other forms of income. So that that was um, that was certainly uh, a revelation to me. I've been learning a lot this week. Great stuff. So um, New York expects to have you back for Pubtelligence, I hear. That's right. Pubtelligence is happening. Uh, it is invite only. Uh, if you would like to come, you need to ask us. Uh, if you have not received an invite already, uh, there are limited places. It's a Google um, in New York, and it's going to be on the, uh, I don't know, 8th? We can well, check that for first you when week, we get back. First week-ish of February. God, it's, it, it's light years away. Um, and uh, there's also another event happening in London, uh, the MediaTel um, event. First week in January week. that we're back, I believe. Second week. Second week in January. Um, so there are a few things going on. If you are a publisher and you're interested in coming to any of these things, um, they are all free, but they are invite only. So you, you, need to, uh, you need to get in contact with somebody here. Um, that's it for uh, this time. Uh, thanks, Jen. Thanks for stepping in for Tyler. Pleasure. And, uh, and uh, Tyler and I will be back uh, together on the show in early in the new year when he's in, here in London uh, for that event. And we are also going to be bringing uh, you some other uh, interesting um, uh, people onto the podcast uh, in the not too distant future. So I've got a few things that we've got lined up. Sounds great. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, have a good holiday. Bye.